Welcome to Newest Latest Best, the quick daily show to keep you in the know with all of the newest information, latest releases, and the very best that games have to offer. I'm Jeff Kanata, and today is Wednesday, February 7th, 2018. Here we are at the beginning of another year, so you know what that means. It's time to start thinking about June. (laughs) If you're in the video game industry, you know that as soon as the calendar hits another year, You're fretting about months away. You're planning and stressing and thinking and scheduling and getting emails. And it's all about E3. E3 on the horizon. E3 coming in June. And the deluge of information and scheduling and planning about it all starts happening months and months in advance. And this year is no different. I've already got my E3 badge secured and my... Schedule has already started filling up. I'm getting save the dates from companies. It's crazy. And news late yesterday that if you want to go to E3, if you're not in the video game industry, you still can, like last year, the first year that they opened E3 up to the public, they will be doing so again. And those tickets are going on sale on February 12th. So that's next Monday. Tickets will be going on sale to the public for E3. Once again, these tickets will be very limited and sold on a first-come, first-served basis. They have not said exactly how many tickets will be available this year, but E3's hours are going to be extended to accommodate the show's growing numbers. And this year, for the first time, there will be restricted hours for the public that will be a little bit separate from the industry hours. Industry will have a few more hours each day to be on the show floor without the public, which is, I think, from my perspective, certainly a welcome change. It gets a little crazy in there with uh, all the all the extra people, and it's nice to be able to get some work done. Not a ton of hours, not an entire day like I was hoping, like Gamescom does, but a few hours in the morning each day where the public isn't allowed in quite yet. E3, of course, begins Tuesday, June 12th this year, runs for three days officially. The two days and three days before that, there are tons of press conferences and events as usual. But the ESA is selling tickets to the public for $249 a pop. The first 1,000 tickets are available for $149. So they're certainly incentivizing the frenzy of getting on as soon as they go on sale on Monday. If you're interested in buying tickets to E3, I would suggest preparing. E3 has a fact page that runs down all the procedures and what you need to know. Last year, they sold only 15,000 tickets, and they sold out very, very quickly. I would suspect that that number will go up slightly this year, but it remains to be seen how many of the public will be allowed into the show It's always a good time, E3. I don't know if I would recommend it, (laughs) to be quite honest with you. Uh, I have a skewed perspective because I'm working real hard during those days, and it's quite an intense event. I don't know if I would advise anybody to spend $250 to stand in line because uh, I know a lot of the public that purchased tickets last year 
spent an entire day, for example, waiting to play Breath of the Wild last year. And I know a lot of those people found that to be a worthwhile use of their time and money. People seem to be really excited to have access to those kinds of big games. But the lines are long. They're crazy. Press people like me often skip to the front and make you wait longer, which is frustrating. I can understand. And honestly, this event was never intended to be that kind of thing. It was never a PAX. It was always a a bunch of people trying to get work done. So I have a hard time recommending people spend the price. But if you do, Monday, February 12th is your day. Speaking of E3, at last year's E3, Nintendo finally happily announced the fact that Metroid Prime 4 was in development. And that was about all we knew. Metroid Prime 4 got itself a logo, but I suspect that will change when it gets a final title. And we didn't even know which developer was working on this internally at Nintendo. Well, it seems that the mystery of the Metroid Prime 4 developer has been solved by a YouTuber. YouTuber Doctor81 found a reference to a Nintendo Switch exclusive first-person shooter in a LinkedIn profile of a Bandai Namco Singapore developer. And the job description, which has since been removed, mentioned the unannounced shooter IP is exclusive for Nintendo Switch. It also included the first reference we've seen to Ridge Racer 8, which was also referred to as a Switch exclusive. So there's a lot of unconfirmed supposition here, but it does seem pretty likely that Bandai Namco Singapore will be involved in some way in developing Metroid Prime 4. And it sounds like Ridge Racer 8... Ridge Racer is coming, and it's coming exclusive to Nintendo Switch, which I think is a pretty big surprise. One would expect it would be a multi-platform title. So what do we know about the Bandai Namco Singapore team? Well, they're made up of a number of LucasArts veterans, and they were working, many of them were working on the canceled Star Wars 1313 project that had a lot of us, myself included, very excited and full of anticipation until the plug was pulled on that. And if you look at a lot of the developers who list projects they're working on, several of them have exciting unannounced IP and working on a well-known unannounced IP on their profiles. So, is it Metroid Prime 4? Is the mystery solved? Perhaps. Either way, it sounds like this studio is working on several high-profile Nintendo Switch exclusives that we should see more details about this year. The former developers of the Stalker series, Vostok Games, the creators of Cerverium, have announced their new project, and it's, you guessed it, a Battle Royale game. Because everybody's got to make a Battle Royale game in 2018, It's called Fear the Wolves, and it was just announced it's a first-person battle royale shooter set in the radiation-filled Chernobyl. So very much in the wheelhouse if you've played Stalker or Cerverium. Radiation is always a big part of those games. We don't know a lot more details about Fear the Wolves, but we do know it has been in development for 
several months and that it's going to support solo play as well as squads. And it will be your traditional Battle Royale 100 players on the same map type experience. One can suspect that we'll have to deal with gas masks and radiation along the way. And there's also confirmation that there will be a constantly changing weather system and a day and night cycle. Fear the Wolves is in development for both PC and consoles, and it should be arriving on early access on PC sometime this year. So if there's any reason that you're starving for another Battle Royale experience, Fear the Wolves should be on your radar. And before Battle Royale games took over the world, the flavor du jour was Dark Souls-esque games. Souls-likes. Souls-likes? People have called them that, right? I didn't just make that up. Either way, uh, Dark Souls was the last game that got a lot of copycats, it seems to me. And one of those was a game called The Surge, which was a science fiction take on the Dark Souls-esque Uh, precision combat and ruthless, no-holds-barred difficulty. And The Surge actually did real well. Publisher Focus Home Interactive and developer Deck 13 have now announced that The Surge is getting a sequel. This is also the team behind Lords of the Fallen, which was uh, another Souls-like or Souls-lite, some might say. Uh, And The Surge followed up Lords of the Fallen. It did really well. Polygon called it the biggest surprise of 2017. And now The Surge 2 is arriving in 2019 at some point, they have announced. The press release says The Surge 2 keeps what fans and critics loved about the original while also expanding greatly upon the formula. Surge 2 takes place in a brand new environment, a sprawling, devastated city with larger and more ambitious level design made possible by Deck 13's upgraded and improved engines. So evidently this will uh, expand upon the first game's limb targeting system, which allows players to damage specific areas on an enemy and preserve other areas that may be holding weapons that they want to loot. So the areas that aren't damaged can be salvaged later and added to their own exoskeleton. It's a pretty cool system, and it's a game that got a lot of buzz. So I'm sure we'll hear more about The Surge 2 as it gets closer. It's not slated to arrive until 2019, but I'm sure we'll be hearing more at this year's E3 and beyond. 